Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about getting started. I've been getting some questions this week about um, the first house call and whether to charge for it. And, you know, that's that's a basic, I don't change my opinion on that. That is something that is tried and true and, and I believe in it. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about attitude and I'm going to talk a lot about confidence because I still, you know, I go through my comments and so much of it is, you know, I love what you're saying. I love designing. I love that we found some place that'll teach us, you know, sort of how to get started, but I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid. So I've got a few little tips and uh, some confidence boosters. Uh, I've done a lot of coaching this week. Our store has been crazy busy. I think probably because Seattle is getting sunny out again. People are out moving around, but it has been a constant parade of clients through the store. And again, they're still wanting that, you know, trapped in their home with COVID or, you know, just, just staying at home with different health scares or regulations or rules where you live. And they haven't been able to go on vacation and they're not eating out as much. So they have this extra, um, you know, income just sitting there and they want to make their house beautiful. So we have every one of the designers swamped right now. And so if it gets loud in here, that's why it's been kind of crazy. And with Tracy healthy and back, uh, she is her own tornado and it's always louder when Tracy's here. So um, if you hear that, that's what's going on. It's been nuts out there. But that, but it's good. It's a good feeling. It's a good energy. And that's where I want to start. You know, it's great that, you know, people want to become a designer. This is what I want to do for my career. I have great taste. I love creating beautiful rooms. You know, I've been doing it for myself. I've been doing it for my mom. I've been doing it, you know, for my aunts and uncles. Why don't I make it a career? And, you know, that's the biggest thing that I preach if you believe in yourself, if you believe you have good taste, if you could help a neighbor make their room beautiful, then you can charge for that and you can start a design business. But at the very core of it, I want you to remember something. This is supposed to be fun. (laughs) Designing is fun. Designing your own home is stressful. The clients are, are calling you, coming to you when they feel like they can't complete something. They can't complete a design. They can't, um, fulfill, you know, what, what they need by themselves. So by the time they call you, they're ready. They're like, all right, I'm swallowing my pride, my ego. I need help. I need help. And so they ask for help from a designer. Now this career is hectic. It's stressful. It's a lot to remember. It's a lot to keep track of. And there are going to be times when you can feel burnt out or you can feel down about something. You know, even the state of the world can be a little depressing. But from day one, you have to remember that this, there's enough stress and anxiety with your client. Part of our job is to bring peace and a little ease, a little fun to the process. That's, that's how you really lock in your clients. That's when you build that connection and they will come back to you room after room. They spread your name. That's how you build a great design business. It has to start from the beginning with your mindset, with your attitude, with 
with how you're processing the stress in your life. I look around at the store and we had some people and I'm again, Seattle, it's probably the weather. <laughs> Take your vitamin D. But you know, they were kind of down. They were just kind of grumpy. And whether they knew it or not, you know, they're they're greeting customers. They think the same that they always have. But there's that energy level in the air. There's something and it's it's inflection in their voice. It's um, you know, maybe it's a body language uh, or it's a sigh. <sighs> Customers pick up on that. And so the designers that were kind of, you know, we call them Mr. Poopy Pants, Mrs. Poopy Pants, the, the, the designers that were acting like that this week. And I had to kind of pull them aside and say, you know, out of our group, who's the most positive? Who's the one that every day shows up with a smile, even though they're, house has fallen apart. Their personal life has fallen apart. But then when they come to work, they have a smile, they're positive, they're upbeat, and it just radiates from them. You look at their sales, the number of clients, the projects they're closing, and it's, it's, it's four times that of the people who have this, you know, negative Nancy, sorry, Nancy's, but there's something about it that clients do sense it. And as an independent designer, you know, you're not in a store. You're not, you know, they're not coming to you. You're having to go to their home. And when you walk into someone's house, you'd better start with the best attitude. And I don't mean fake. I don't want you to, you know, do the the typical, you know, cheesy Southern. Well, isn't that nice? No, sit in your car, take 10 minutes, deep breaths, imagine a successful project. Imagine working with this client and having them love you and love everything about your designs. Imagine the relationship you're going to build and, and the peace of mind you're going to bring to that homeowner. They've, they've finally, again, reaching out for help with their home. It's very personal. And now is your chance. So take a minute, listen to, to mellow music, do a little meditation, take a deep breath, center yourself and start to think about, all right, how am I projecting my own problems, right? Leave it in the car. When you get out, you can only have that positive, upbeat attitude. These are the little things that I think, you know, all my years of successful designing, and it, again, it didn't matter where I lived. It didn't matter the type of town I lived in, the type of clients I had. I was always successful in those areas. But I, I'm realizing now the things that I've always done and that's what I teach, right? And, and having that positive attitude is one of them. I always go into a new project with empathy and with kind thoughts and thinking, I'm going to help this family. I'm going to help these people have the dream, you know, the, their dream home. That's my goal. I can help people. And because I approach it from that attitude and they, they hear it in my voice, they sense it uh, in the way I present things, the way I talk to them they they end up trusting me and and rightly so i really do have their best interests at heart and they feel that so if you're kind of a negative person before you start designing please work on that you know work on whatever's going on in your life can you put it aside can you can you let go of the negative emotions and think positively about this new fresh start with a client working with them for months, trust me, that can change. But even then, 
six months in, you're working with deliveries, problems, something came in wrong, you mismeasured something. <sighs> Deep breath, positive attitude. The room's going to be beautiful. In the long run, you know, a year from now, are they even going to remember the problems? No, they're just going to have a beautiful space. Let's stay positive. Let's keep moving forward. Uh, and you'll start to see this progression. You'll start to see the clients are nicer to you. They're a little more empathetic towards you. They know that you care about them. They know that you're working your tail off to get the project done. So it really is one of those things that that positive energy, it, it creates this great foundation for a new project. So with that being said, let's pretend you have your first house call, right? And um, I do, I, I get this question at least once a week. You mean you don't charge for your first house call? <laughs> no. I know a lot of designers do, and I still don't understand why. I mean, I understand what they say. What they say is, well, this is my time. My time is valuable. I want to be paid for my time. So if I'm going to make it you know, all the way to their house and I'm going to you know, give them my design ideas, I need to be paid for that. And this is exactly how I answered uh, this YouTube commenter uh, this week. I'm not asking anyone to go design for free. I don't design at my first house call. My first house call, and I say it every time, this is to gather information, to build a connection. You need to connect. You need to collect all of your ideas. You need to collect measurements and pictures and connect with this person. You are not designing yet. When you're going to a house for the first time, you're just seeing if you want it as a project. You're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. So I think a lot of people feel like they need to prove their design ability. Like they need to give some ideas to prove that they're an amazing designer and they can help. But that's not really what a, a, a homeowner needs. That's not what someone is trying to find a designer. What they really need is not the design ideas right away. What they need is to finally have some peace of mind. They need to finally, at the end of that hour, when you're there for that, and please don't spend longer than an hour, when you're there for that first hour, by the time you're done, you should have a contract signed, a deposit paid for you to get started working, actually creating designs, but you should have a homeowner who is sighing with relief, like, ah, oh, I finally have someone who gets me, I finally have someone who's listened. I finally have someone who understands what I need and they take this seriously and they're going to make sure I don't make any mistakes and they're going to take care of me through this scary and expensive process. The whole point of that first meeting is just a two-way interview. So, I mean, as much as I say that and then people will still question it, no, I really feel like I needed to charge $200. For what? If I had, you know, a, a leak in my roof and I was calling people to come check my roof and to see, you know, can you give me a bid? What do you think is wrong? Do I need a new roof? Can it just be patched? I'm not going to pay anybody just to come give me their opinion because they haven't done any work yet. When I go to someone's house on a first house call, to me, it's more like marketing. To me, it's taking one person who is a potential client, and I'm making sure they're a, the, the right fit. I'm making sure they're even ready for a designer. 
perfect example. We got, um, sometimes we, we get leads, uh, from different Angie's list and there's one called bark and, um, I wouldn't really recommend it. Not especially if you're first starting out because we end up wasting more money than we do, but they come in and we get excited. We see this lead pop up and it says someone in your area, you know, wants a designer. And so we read through them. They've got some information in there. Um, we're pretty picky. We don't answer. We, we don't pay unless we answer. So if we're going to answer this person, we're going to pay anywhere from maybe $20 to $100 for this lead. So one came in today and Jill was really excited. And she said, all right, well, it's, you know, Sammamish, which is near here, uh, you know, $25,000 budget. Fantastic. Um, they want contemporary clean lines and they're ready to hire someone now. Okay. That sounds pretty good. So we handed the lead off to Jacob and uh, Jacob called her and just said, well, can you tell me a little bit about your project? Oh yeah. I was so excited. Thank you for calling me back. I really, I need help with my whole house. I need to replace all of the carpet in my whole house. I'm thinking about updating my kitchen. There's a bathroom that I want you to look at. And then I'm going to need some furniture. That $25,000 budget quickly became unreasonable, unrealistic. Um, Luckily she'd already asked someone else to come out and Jacob had said, well, you know, if that didn't work, let us know. But she wasn't realistic as to what things cost. Now we paid $20 for that lead. That's fine. It's 20 bucks, but at least we know. As an independent designer, I would consider going out to their house. It's my gas. It's my time, but I want to see if this is the right project. If I get a good feeling, it is the right project. We've talked budget. They've got a realistic expectation about budget. Now it's my chance to sell to them, to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel at ease, to walk them through my process, to let them know that I, you know, this is how I keep track of your things. This is how I purchase things. This is a markup I do. This is my design fees. My hour there is to really sell myself, sell my services. I'm not selling my design yet. So I do think of it sort of as a marketing, you know, if I can get in someone's house and I want to take the project, I've always been able to get the project. And it is for all these things I talk about, putting their mind at ease and making them feel comfortable. Now, I get a lot of people that say, well, what if they ask? You know, they ask you, well, what should I do here? And what should I do there? And, you know, I need a new color for here. And um, this room is just terrible. And I want to take everything out and start fresh. Imagine if you gave them ideas. I actually did this last week and I was kicking myself. In fact, I think I talked about it (laughs) with my podcast with Ava. Um, You never design on the fly, which means you don't want to give information then. What if I said to them, um, well, actually we could, I know this perfect sectional and it's here and it goes, it'll go all the way around and it's got these great down cushions and we'll do it in this color and, oh, they're allergic to down. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Um, oh, so, uh, there's another one I can think of and, oh, it'll be like this. It'll be great. And we'll do this blue and, oh, your husband hates blue. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> See where that confidence and that trust building is being slowly eaten away. If you start to design too quickly, you will shoot yourself in the foot every time. These days, what if you say, um, oh, I know the perfect cabinet. We'll put it there. It'll be great. And then you find out, oh, you need this done in three months. 
furniture is taking six months. These, you know, now it's hard to get anything that fast. But if I just kept my mouth shut, I just not opened my mouth, I could have worked, you know, would have found that out, would have worked hard to find specific pieces that she could find, maybe go shopping, find something that's on the floor somewhere. I could have come across as more professional if I had just kept my designs to the next step. That's phase three, really. So while you're there, you it, it, it will only do you damage if you start designing on the fly, even picking paint colors. You don't know what the paint, what the room's going to look like in, you know, the nighttime or, or, or the morning sun. You don't know the furniture that you're going to pick out and how it might clash with the agreeable gray that you chose. You might find out that the fabric she's in love with with her sofa is a really cool gray. Agreeable gray is a really uh, grayish, kind of a brown gray. So every time you spout off a design idea, you run the risk of damaging the relationship and losing the client. So I have some great tips as to what you should do. Um, I have a million of them because I've done this for so long and I teach, I have whole scripts and things that I go through in my course. Um, but usually, again, I start with the very beginning, the first 10 minutes. It's small talk. It's, oh my gosh, your house is gorgeous. Look at your view or what a great neighborhood or how long have you lived here? Oh, I see you have a dog. What's your dog's name? You have kids. Oh, that's great. Do they go to school or you know, you're homeschooling? You know, all of that stuff. You're learning. You're starting to compile. It's kind of a client, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking about what is this person going to be like to work with? Because that's important. Remember, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. So after we do the little chit chat and I say, all right, well, remember this uh, first meeting is really just to see the space and get your ideas about the project you want to work on. And um, I'm going to take measurements and pictures if that's okay. And to see if we're a good fit. You know, if we, if I do take on the project, we're going to be working really closely for months. So, you know, let's make sure that you want to work with me as well. Right there, it kind of puts them at ease telling them that they have an out that just because they have me in their house doesn't mean they're obligated to do anything that they do have a say. If they, if they don't, you know, it, it could be that budget thing they've had in their mind, 25,000. I start talking to them about budget and say, you know, well, to redo your kitchen, it's going to start at 40,000, you know, flooring could be this. And, and it sort of gives them a polite way to back out, to know that they're not stuck with a designer. Maybe they're not ready for a designer yet. Maybe they think, ooh, if it's really going to cost that much, maybe I'll do it on my own. <laughs> maybe I can call my sister. She's got good taste. When you go to these house calls and they drag it on, again, that designer still haunts me that said, I was there for three hours and she didn't buy anything. Well, why were you there for three hours? That's your own fault for giving them three hours of your time. What you're doing is setting the expectation to them that, oh, well, she'll just stay as long as I want her to. She'll, you know, he'll be here and I can just pick his brain all day. Um, this is a fun friend to talk to. No, you're a professional. If you're going to be a professional designer, you have to have a system. So you walk in, you do your chit chat. You say, now it's going to take me about 45 minutes to an hour. I'm going to be gathering this information. We're going to make sure it's a good fit. Um, so show me your project. Let's see, what would you like me to, to help you work on? And get the tour. Now they'll start with the room. That's their first project, you know, project or problem. They always do. And as they're walking through, 
every time they get a little flustered, they're a little embarrassed. Um, oh gosh, I know this room is just a disaster and oh, we've lived here for this long and I still have art on the floor or I haven't unpacked boxes or isn't this place, you know, we haven't updated it in 20 years. Oh, I'm so, you know, so sorry, so embarrassed. It's okay. That's why I'm here. Don't worry. This is going to be fun. Let's make this fun. Positive attitude, upbeat. We're in it together. It's all part of our strategy, you guys. So you're looking around the room and they'll say, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I need, you know, new paint colors. You know, I want maybe something for the windows. Um, you know, what do you think? You know, what paint color should I choose? This is usually when I say, well, now how do you want to use this room? Is this where you watch TV? Is this where you entertain guests? Is this where you sit and read a book? Asking them questions then gives you answers as uh, if this is where they're going to read a book or they want to you know, sit with their family. I can see some warm, maybe, you know, a warm color palette or, um, you know, something that makes this room feel kind of cozy. I'm answering them back in terms that related to what they said to me. And it shows that I have knowledge. It shows that I took their information and I thought about it and I gave them, um, you know, my opinion, my advice on it. Did I tell them a paint color they could go take and do it on their own? No, I didn't tell them exactly what to do. But I said, you know, I just think that, you know, we could make this room really cozy or we could make this room, you know, tons more seating so that it's really functional. So when you have all those people over, you know, they have, you know, maybe not big comfortable chairs, each one, but we've got poofs. We can do some benches. We've got places for people to sit, to stand, to mingle, Again, I've listened and I've, I have come up with some solutions. Is it giving away design? No. Uh, another really big um, topic of conversation is that effectiveness, that efficiency, the, the traffic patterns, the floor plans. Anytime you can use sort of industry terms, as simple as floor plan and traffic patterns, there you're clicking in their mind, trust, peace of mind. So you can say, all right, so that you want your kitchen redone. Great. When I help design a kitchen, I want to walk through with you and know how you cook. How does your family cook? Do you and your husband cook together? Do the kids like to help? Uh, you know, do you have a window in here where we can put the sink? Because most of the time you spend in our kitchen is at the sink. So maybe you want to look out at something pretty. Or, or if there isn't a window, we could do a beautiful tile there. But I'm telling them that I'm going to be taking into consideration how they use the space. I'm smart. I plan these things out. I'm not just going to make a pretty room. We're building confidence. You're walking through and they say, well, I just don't know what to do. Do we need more cabinets? I'd love more storage. Oh, okay. Well, let's start with the traffic patterns. Traffic patterns are really important. So where do you park your car and where do you bring your groceries in? Always one of my questions. You need to know that it's an easy path. There's place enough surface area to set the groceries down. It's near the refrigerator, near a pantry. Um, you know, if two people cook, all right, so you both cook. All right, so maybe we should separate into different areas. We'll have a prep area. We'll have a cooking area. We'll have a cleaning area. You know, the whole triangle thing. I don't use the triangle uh, in a kitchen anymore. I just think it's overused. But by explaining to them why you need separate areas, we can create a prep area, maybe with a separate sink. Um, you know, we'll have to look into that if it, you know, plumbing adds, if it fits into your budget. I mean, again, <laughs> you got to CYA, cover your 
um, assets after if you make a comment like that, right? If you're just throwing out things. Um, so we'll have to see if it fits into budget, but creating a separate player, you know, place, maybe this is where your cutting boards go and we'll have your knife block. And, um, you know, this is where you can prep it's near the sink, but then the stove has good clearance behind it. So if someone's at the stove cooking, you can still walk past the refrigerator. So I'm still giving them ideas and I'm letting them know I'm considering all of their lifestyle habits and the things that are important to them, but I haven't still given them a design yet. Nothing they can take. Um, you know, they'll usually talk about like for a kitchen, they'll usually talk about, um, cabinets and countertop and I want quartz and I want tile and I want, you know, white cabinets or gray cabinets. Oh, all right. You know what? We're going to sit down and talk about budget. All of those things that you talked about factor into the budget. So let's work on, um, seeing what you want to invest in this space. And then we'll go through and we'll talk about, you know, there's different price points for countertops for quartz. You know, if, if we need to do a beautiful decorative one on the Island and a solid on the perimeter cabinets, you know, the, the countertop, that's a little bit less expensive. You know, there are always ways that we can work within someone's budget, but we're going to have to sit down and we'll go over that. And we'll, we'll, I want to hear all of your ideas. I want to hear, you know, all of your suggestions and your wish list. And I want to see your Pinterest boards and the things you've liked on Instagram. I want to know all of that about you. So we'll do that in a little bit. When we get down to the paperwork part, we'll sit down and we'll talk budget. So what else do you want to work on? I'm always keeping them moving. I'm always asking questions and I'm answering them back in some way so that they understand I'm listening and I'm taking this into consideration. There's nothing worse than trying to describe what you want to someone and having them look like they're spaced. <laughs> uh, are you listening? Did you hear what I want? So see how these are all little tips. These are all little things that you incorporate into your system, you know, from, from before you walked into the door, into that project, into that home for the first time. It all matters and it all sets you up. Every little step, everything you say sets you up for either a successful design project or a disaster. It's tough out there these days. It really is. Um, with our supply chain issues, and, and it isn't even just that they can't truck things in fast enough. It's that there's such a boom in the home remodeling industry and in, in home decorating and all of there's such a boom right now that manufacturers just can't even keep up with the, the demand. It's, it's frustrating for us. It's even more frustrating for our clients and again, you set this expectation up at the beginning, you know, these days when clients come in, um, I do tell the design, don't, don't make it the third thing out of your mouth, you know, wait till you've connected with them and you know, they really want to do the project. And when you're sitting down to go over the budget and things say, now, you know, let's talk about time frame, because these days time frame is really important. I don't know if you've heard or if you've read or if you've seen empty shelves at Costco or Target, but we're having a huge supply chain issue in our country right now. And it's affected our industry more than anyone. So let's talk about time frame because there's going to be certain things that you're going to have to be patient on. And there are going to be other things that I can, I know some tricks and some vendors that have some things in stock that we can get pretty fast. So let's come up with a plan. Let's come up with a time schedule with and, and figure out what it is you need, what we can get done, uh, you know, and what, what time frame. 
But you have to have those conversations at that first house call. Again, sitting through that time and that kind of um, conversations that you have to have, I don't want to charge someone for that. This is information that they need to know. I'm not going to charge someone, especially if I'm, you know, if I, if I charge as a designer hourly, I wouldn't feel ethically right. The conversation that I'm having to have to, to build their trust and to, to lock in that client, to believe in me and to work with me, I shouldn't, I don't feel right charging for that. That's, this is me selling. This is my marketing. This is me having that difficult conversation. But again, it's, it's either going to sell the client on you or it's a great way for them to say, you know, I didn't know that we were having these problems. Gosh, it sounds like, you know, to get what I want, I'd have to spend more. Maybe I'm going to wait and work on the project and that's okay. You've only lost an hour of your time. To me, that's so much better than, than losing months of agonizing with a client who just doesn't get it and who had unrealistic expectations from the beginning. That one hour that I spend there, it, you know, it's better than any advertising. I would rather just put my name out in my town, tell people word of mouth, and then get in the house. See if it's someone I want to build this relationship with. There are plenty of times where there are people that aren't ready and you you can kind of undersell yourself to not be a part of the project. You can say, well, I'm really, you know, I have to warn you, I'm so busy. Um, I won't even be able to start your project for three months. <laughs> you know, there, there are a lot of ways that you can gracefully back out or let them gracefully back out. But now is the time. This one hour, it's so important. But don't be taken advantage of and, and don't let that control be, you know, shifted to the homeowner. Of course, they're spending the money, so they technically control that part of it. But the system and your process, that's yours. How they respect you and treat you, that's yours. You know, give them your working hours. I don't answer calls after seven. I'm just letting you know. I don't work on Saturdays and Sundays. Those are my time with my children. Now is when you get all of that out on the table. Because if you don't, you're going to, you're going to regret it when they're complaining and calling you at 11 o'clock at night. Like my client did this week. They know better. I just didn't answer. And then I'm getting a call from David. Did you answer them back? No, they know I don't work right now. I'm not working. Don't, we're not, uh, you know, these people that are at their, their every whim. We're professionals. They need to treat us like professionals. So you've got to set those boundaries. And this is where you do that. This is where you set the whole tone for the whole project. And it makes life so much easier as a designer. I hate to hear about designers getting burnt out. And it's happening right now more than ever. Um, frustrations with, with lead times, frustrations with, you know, angry clients who just don't get it. But there are enough articles out there. There's enough stories. And hopefully you get enough advice from me that will help you get past that. To start your design business, again, you can just try it. You just need some business cards. Again, don't advertise yourself as an interior designer if you live in Florida or places that you have to have the degree for. I still think they're working on that. But, you know, getting some business cards and spreading the word through your friend group, through your church, um, on, you know, Facebook or a Facebook group, or even putting, you know, a, a little ad in uh, Craigslist and going to someone's house and see what you think. <laughs> Get information. 
If you believe you've got great taste, if you believe you can help people, then it doesn't hurt to try. But don't don't take money from someone. Don't make promises you can't keep. Don't get in over your head. I always think if if you have this this gift and this talent, this desire to be a designer, you owe it to yourself to at least try. Try something small. Advertise in Craigslist that you do redesign or color consultations or that you'll um, you give advice on one room, um, you know, uh, spruce ups or New Year, new look. Um, keep it simple and see what you think. You don't have to jump in all at once. You don't have to buy any business systems or, you know, drafting tables anymore. You just need to get out there and see how it goes. And if you get into a position that, oh gosh, what did I do? (laughs) Write to me, I'll help. (laughs) But again, know your limitations, know your education, know your environment, know the demographic and what's going on in your town. And it can't hurt just to try, right? You're just a consultant at this point. And that's okay. That's great. You can make great money as just a consultant. I hope I haven't scared you. I really wanted to give you guys confidence to go after it. Um, And I will keep talking about that. But listen, if you know you have good taste and you can help someone make their room better, that's what we do. That's what our job is at the the core. We want to help people have a beautiful room. Let me know how it goes. Write to me. I want to hear stories. Um, Send me pictures. No one ever sends me pictures. I'm a visual person. I need to see pictures. But I love hearing from you guys. It's great. Thank you so much. And by the way, I've been also getting questions about the course. I do have a course. I try not to plug it on here because I just want to give more information. Um, but just go to designforaliving.com and you'll see the course on there. Um, I, I Ilya's going to kill me now, but I am going to announce that I'm going to put uh, um, pricing uh, payments on there. I haven't had that for a long time, but I get so many people that ask so I'll break down the fee into three payments. Um, so I will be getting to that probably in the next 48 hours because that requires me to go on there and program my website. But so many people have been asking and reaching out and I never really do say, just go to designforaliving.com um, and ask me questions. I'm here for you guys. Happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, so stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.